Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. How's it? I'm not Josh Lee Kwai. I'm Josh Murphy. Uh, you might know me as Murph. And yeah, we're here to talk about some Commander stuff, aren't we? We are. We are talking about the brand new pre-con from Crimson Vow. We've been tasked uh, with revealing, giving the full deck reveal to everyone out there. So we're pretty excited. We've been doing this for a number of sets now. Murph, you've been here for a bunch of them. Yeah, very excited. I love new cards, new Commander decks. Oh, they're so much fun. Uh, so this is the Vampire, sorry, Vampiric Bloodline deck, the Rakdos Vampires deck um, that we're going to be revealing all the new cards for. We're going to show them off one by one. Then we're going to talk about the reprints as we always do go into a little bit of the reprint value and uh, which we know is everybody's favorite topic, seeing how much value is packed into these things. But before we get into it, we got to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, channelfireball.com slash command. That is the place to go to get all of your magic products, singles. If you want to pre-order Crimson Vow stuff right now, if you want to get your hand on this commander deck, your hand, your hands, both of them on this commander deck, that's the place to go. Channelfireball.com slash command. They have a marketplace. So they've got a bunch of different vendors vying for your business, which is great because it pushes prices down, means inventory is very, very high. It's just great for uh, the audience out there, the buyers. And, you know, there's a ton of cool stuff in Crimson Vow. If you like vampires in any way, you're going to want to get your hands on it. The other good thing is that if you forget to put in the affiliate code and you get all the way to checkout, you can actually just put the code command in at the end. So you don't have to like go retype the URL and somehow, you know, refill your card and whatnot. So it's uh, very handy. I've forgotten the URL before. Yeah, I've definitely done that. So, <laughs> um, and then once you get the cards, you want to protect them. We trust all the products from ultra pro to keep our game pieces safe here at the command zone. I've got all of my decks in eclipse sleeves because I do not want my cards getting damaged. I put all of my decks into ultra pro satin towers or mythic collection deck boxes because they really are the best way to protect all of your stuff. And then of course, play them on an awesome looking ultra pro play mat. You know, the great thing about ultra pro as um, if it's, if, if it's your card accessories brand is that you can theme the whole thing, your whole battlefield around, let's say, well, 
Murph in front of him here has the Strafon playmat, and there's the deck boxes and sleeves and everything else to go along with it. Ultra Pro really does make it so that your battlefield looks as spicy as possible. Ultra Pro playmats, hands down, my favorite playmats of all. They, they have the best printing. Whatever they're printing, nobody else is doing that. They because, do it right. <laughs> yeah, the color just looks better. Uh, and then, of course, the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you can talk with Murph, myself, Jibby on our Discord. A lot of our team's on there every single day. Uh, also, you get to watch Game Night's Extra Turns earlier than anybody else, and we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this okay. episode is dedicated to... AJ Adams. Adams. AJ, you rock. You rock, AJ. Especially for having a simple name that we could easily pronounce and didn't have to worry about. That was great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making it easy on us. We really appreciate it. We really do. <laughs> Alright, so let's get to the main topic here. The Vampiric Bloodline Crimson Vow Precon Full Deck Reveal. Listen, we're not going to be doing in-depth analysis on all the cards. We are planning a future budget upgrade guide like we always do for the pre-cons. This video is really to show you what's inside the product, what the new cards are, not necessarily to give like full evaluations on what we think of the new cards. We'll probably yeah. do a quick chat about them, but we're it's, not going to go in-depth. It's a big old information dump, but hopefully it's a fun information dump. Um, this is information directly related to Commander players, right? Because these yes. cards are designed for our format. So there's 15 new cards in this deck which we've seen them sort of bump up the amount of new cards in these uh, these pre-con decks. We used to call them mini or set pre-cons, but really now they're just full-on commander products, I yeah, think. Yeah, because they used to only have like uh, one or two new cards from it, so like one or two new legends, and then one or two other made-for-commander cards, and then mostly reprints, but this has a lot more. I mean, we in commander products of the past, it's been between like 18 and 22 new cards. This is 15, so yeah. we're, we're almost there now. So yeah. Okay. This, uh, actually this deck, and we can't refer necessarily, there's two decks, right? There's the Spirits deck, and then there's this one. We know about those. We don't know at the time of this recording um, if the other deck will be revealed when we release our video. Yeah. Sometime in the same day, they will be revealed. I, I believe MTG Mudsta is revealing the other one, so go check out their uh, Andrew's channels um, so you can see what's in that other deck. It's probably also very cool. I'm excited to see it. And we're assuming there's some parallels here but this deck for sure has four new legendary creatures in it yeah uh two of them have partner with each other as you would expect so there's kind of three new commanders if you think of it that way yeah. in the deck again a lot like commander pro full-on commander products of of old but let's stop alluding to things that they don't know about let's get into the cards check right. out the face commander what sure. do we got josh so the face commander has been revealed online so you may have seen it but it's strafon more marer Progenitor. Um, I think so. Mara Progenitor. Sure. Thanks for making it easy to say word. <laughs> Strafon is two, a black and red for a 3-2. Vampire Noble has flying. At the beginning of your end step, create a blood token for each player who lost life this turn. And then whenever Strafon attacks, you may sacrifice two blood tokens. If you do, you may put a vampire card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains indestructible until end of turn. That's a lot of words, a lot of text. This card does a lot of stuff. It's interesting, too, because I expected it to say, you know, sacrifice it in end of turn or whatever. Yeah. No, it just gains indestructible until end of turn, but you still get to keep that thing on the battlefield forever. It stays there, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, blood tokens, we should read this and for those who uh, who haven't been following along with spoiler season. Yeah. Blood tokens are a new token type that's in Crimson Vow. A blood token is an artifact, blood. You pay one, you tap it, you discard a card, and you sacrifice this artifact. So a lot of costs there. Yep. Uh, and then you draw a card. So... 
Um, blood tokens can be used in a variety of ways. They're a little bit of value depending on what you're discarding because it's one tap, sack the artifact, yeah. and then if you discard a land or something, you could just be up a card. It's kind of like rummaging. Yeah. Uh, also, it's obviously like a madness enabler because you do discard cards and vampires like madness, so mm -hmm. there's some synergies there. Or it's just an artifacts to keep on the board, so some things that care about artifacts That's a good point. are just good to have blood tokens in. Jimmy and I were talking recently how there is, in, in the last few years, there's kind of this new archetype that emerged that is like... I call it the artifact artifact volume. Like yeah. just the, the archetype is just like, hey, I don't care what the artifacts are. It could be treasures, clues, food, blood yeah. now, yeah. rocks. But you just want a lot of artifacts and then you'll sort of get payoffs for just the number of artifacts you control. Yeah, as long as you can make some of them, like doesn't matter. Just having artifacts on the battlefield is good for you. And this feels like it could fit into that archetype because Strafan will make... Um, uh, blood tokens for each player who lost life this turn. And that's something I wanted to point out. Strafan says each player. Yeah, each player is kind of nutty. Because yourself, if you just have a pain land or something, yes. that is a player who has lost life this turn. So pain land, fetch land, shock land, any of the above, most of the lands that you're probably playing as a commander player. Talismans, Talismans. things like that. Well, I guess there's only one that can go in Strafan, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I think you would play like cards that deal damage to each player or, or at least each yeah. opponent so that you can, you know, before Strafan does his thing, um, or sorry, before your end step, you can make sure that you've dealt enough damage as possible. Because obviously you want at least two blood tokens. On Basically, you want to play Strafan, get at least two blood tokens. So on your next yeah. turn, when you attack, you are threatening to drop something big, Kalia-style kind of onto the battlefield. And it does seem pretty, like, on theme with what vampires want to do, right? They want to be attacking. There's a lot of vampires that like to attack. And vampires like to drain everybody. So that seems, like, pretty on theme with what yep. you want. Like, in order to get blood tokens, you do what vampires are wanting to do anyway. So I also like, too, whereas like Edgar Markov, which there'll be a lot of comparisons whenever you're talking about vampires, right? Because Edgar Markov is an extremely powerful card and obviously the best vampire commander that's out there. But what I like that's different about Strafan is whereas Edgar really wants you to play a bunch of small vampires because you mm -hmm. get paid off with making one ones every time you cast them. Uh, Strafan actually wants you to play the bigger vampires, the higher mana value vampires, the seven, six, you know, I think yeah. there might even be some eight CMC, sorry, mana value <laughs> vampires that exist. And Strafan sort of encourages you to go in that direction. So at least Strafan is sort of etching out his own niche among the yeah. vampire tribal. You're trying to you know. cheat in vampires. Yeah. You got a little blood token stuff. You're trying to cheat in vampires. Treating, cheating out something that costs two mana, though. You don't, that, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's better than nothing, but like, yeah, you want to do the big stuff, really get a discount on your mana. Yeah. And I think we'll see that in like the deck list that we go through and some of the new cards. They're just big vampires that probably want to get cheated out by Strafan. But Strafan is not the only legendary creature in this deck. There's actually three more. Uh, the next one is a mono black commander so you cannot run it as the lead singer of the stack straight out of the box but it's still a cool card and i think obviously we're gonna talk about it for a minute here do you want to read timothar murph yeah timothar baron of bats four black black for a four four vampire noble it has ward discard a card whenever another non-token vampire you control dies you may pay one mana and exile it if you do create a one one black bat creature token with flying it gains when this creature deals combat damage to a player sacrifice it and return the exiled card to the battlefield tapped so once again, a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> but what it does is whenever one of your non-token vampires dies, you can pay one mana, store it under a bat. When that bat deals damage, you can get that creature back. Yeah, pretty cool. Also, I just want to pause and say ward discard a card is kind of brutal. So if you want to target Timothar yeah. with a removal spell, you have to discard a card. Yeah. That's your that's the cost of getting past the ward. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not a discard outlet for yourself. Ward only works on, on opponents. other opponents 
targeting yeah. your stuff. So get that out of your mind right now. You Sorry, can't, can't do that. off your own Timothar. That would be very cool be if you cool. could. <laughs> um, but then you'd have to like kill them or something, I suppose. I guess you do it with a pump spell or whatever. Anyway. You giant growth. Yeah, it's you, fine. <laughs> you can't do that. But all right. Yeah. So you non-token vampire control dies. You make a 1-1 flyer. And then when that 1-1 flyer hits somebody, whatever the thing was that died comes back out onto the battlefield yeah so you taps. do have the downside of uh you can pay the one and exile it and then once that creature token like dies or gets removed before it's able to deal combat damage you don't ever get that other thing that you exiled back yeah so that's interesting because you know a lot of times vampire decks or decks like this are going to want to be sort of aristocratsy. yeah you want to bring your stuff back so it can graveyard. yeah it can be uh risky let's say mm-hmm. to exile your card rather than let it go in the graveyard where you'll be able to find it again because if it's exiled and then the yeah like you said the bat gets killed before it deals combat damage, that thing's just going to stay in exile forever. So be careful. Be yeah. careful there. I do like that. That's that is something that I've noticed. Watsi, their R and D's been doing more often. Just don't put in constant recycling things over and over and over again. There's got to be some cost to it, some sort of downside. And this downside is, well, if you remove the bat, you might not get the thing back. So Timothar seems like it's going to want vampires that have entered the battlefield effect because yeah. you're basically getting the vampire to come in at some point it dies and then it comes back mm-hmm. so that's a way to get value and then it feels like you're going to want sacrifice outlets because what you really going to want to do is like get your e2b vampire out goes around the table gets the inset before your turn you sack those vampires get bats now you untap say attack get those vampires back out get more etb effects exactly that feels like that's gonna be the strategy it's mono black so it might be a little tougher to pull off but yeah it, it is six mana as well so that might be a little bit of a challenge a little bit of a hurdle but it's a really fun really flavorful card i like it a lot pretty cool all right there's two more legendary creatures and they are the partners with commanders from this set so mm-hmm. partner with means that you can have two commanders in your command zone with partner with but it, it has to be the specific ones that that says on the card partners with so it's not like thrasios and whatever thing with partner you have uh the the, the two cards are camber and Lorene, and they have to go together yes you, now you could do a monocolor deck with just one of them if you wanted to uh but if you want to partner with anything it, it, it has to only... be with each other and they work well with each other yeah as we'll see so camber the plunderer is three and a black for a three four vampire rogue partner with Lorene the diversion camber has lifelink and says whenever a creature dies you gain one life and create a blood token so we already talked about blood tokens um and then Lorene is two and a red for a three three human rogue not a vampire interestingly yeah partners with cambar obviously uh Lorene has first strike and she says you can pay two sacrifice an artifact or creature and goad target creature. So I think the second one, Lorene, is probably the more interesting of these two. Lorene is sweet. Putting them together, pretty cool, pretty fun. You got some kind of aristocrat strategy with some goad, but Lorene just by herself or with a deck built around her, you can goad whatever you want. You got some sacrifice and it's artifact or creature. So it can be blood tokens that you sacrifice. It could be some of your little creatures. Could be something that maybe you stole from somebody else that you got with the threatened effect. There you go. I Lots like of that. fun stuff. Lots of fun plays with this this card. Yeah, I like how Lorene doesn't specify blood token. So just yeah. sacrifice an artifact. So it can sacrifice the blood tokens, but Lorene has sort of a more um, broad usage because you it's not tied to that one specific token type and, and this could go into the deck i was talking about earlier the uh artifact volume just yeah. a lot of you know if you may if, if togo was there and you had a lot of rocks you can sacrifice those or whatever you want um i also think there's this new archetype that's kind of emerged in the last few years which i'll call the rakdos like control combat mm-hmm. combat control maybe control. with goad type stuff in yeah, there, yeah harder 
is a deck, and, and, and that's a thing they've been sort of leaning to. So this is sort of an art, aristocrat's version of that, I think, because yeah. you can sacrifice creatures, and we know that black and red are really good at that. You can get reassembling skeletons and things that are going to go over and over. It's a cool, fun blend of multiple like archetypes, like all put together on one card. I, I really like Goad as a mechanic, too. It, yeah. it, it tends to lead to some interesting things, and it's a good form of defense and commander. In fact, this is instant speed, means you can kind of hold it up. Yeah, it is instant speed. That's yeah. insane now that I think about that. Yeah, you can just kind of hold it up, and if somebody plays something scary that's got haste or Xenagos or whatever goes on, you can protect yourself from it, but if they don't do that, then you maybe use that mana in another way. Maybe yeah. just actually sacrifice the blood token to discard the card and draw a card and rummage and get some value that way. So, yeah, yeah. I think Loreen has a lot of possibilities to be played even outside, like by by herself, not with Cambar. And and mm-hmm. with with Cambar, I think the deck the deck would still be fine. Yeah, because Cambar does make the blood tokens that you need to uh, sacrifice. Yep, yep. But you, goes, you could so also well. put in a deck that's just going to make a lot of treasures and yeah. stuff and be fine. Okay, those are the four uh, new legendary creatures, and now we're going to talk about the eleven new cards in this deck. Uh, again, these are designed for Commander, only coming out in the Commander product, so all pretty cool stuff. Do you want to read the first? Oh, yeah. Oh, we've, we've divided them sort of loosely into categories. The first category is Blood Synergy, so stuff that uh, cares about blood tokens. This one does care a lot about blood. So this one is Arterial Alchemy. Two and a red for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, create a blood token for each opponent you have. Blood tokens you control are equipment in addition to their other types, and have equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero, and equip two. So this is a really flavorful, really fun card. It literally animates blood to be used as weapons. Like you Pretty can see cool. it on the card. <laughs> it also creates blood tokens, and it enters the battlefield, uh, create a blood token for each opponent you each. have. So for three mana, you're usually going to get three blood tokens that are now, you know, um, equipment, give plus two, plus oh. Two to equip is kind of a little bit... Yeah, a little bit more than we'd like to pay, but still. Regardless, it seems like a fun way to like weaponize the blood tokens because they're not really much of a weapon in and of themselves. Yeah, because with Strafon, you might just have eight or ten of them laying around anyway, or, or one of these other uh, commanders. Yeah, you can just like, okay, cool, I'll suit a couple up on a big flying creature and then one shot somebody. Yeah, pretty cool card, card, good in this deck, and I also think it'll probably be good in the wider array of like Boros decks out there that care about um, equipment because yeah. even this has just a card that makes three equipment. Oh yeah, could be very useful in in, in other decks that care about equipment because a lot of those decks just want. They care about the number of creatures that are equipped or how many equipment are on a specific creature. And this could be three of that rather than just one of those from like another equipment card. Yeah, it's three mana for three equipment, which ain't nothing. Um, All right. The next category is vampire tribal stuff, uh, cards that care about vampires. So the first one is crossway troublemakers. I like this one. Yeah, five and a black for a five, five vampire. Attacking vampires you control have death touch and lifelink. And then whenever a vampire you control dies, you may pay two life. If you do, draw a card. This seems like something I'd want to cheat in with Strafon. It's like big, <laughs> very cool, cares about attacking, and does a lot for you. Yeah. I mean, the lifelink given to all your vampires directly helps you pay for when they die and you draw the cards off them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the Death Touch makes things so hard to block. Nobody wants to block a Death Touch creature. And once you staple that lifelink onto it, you're gaining that life, which you can then pay in order to draw the cards. It's its own self-fueling engine. And all the while, you're doing damage to your opponents because they're not going to block any of your vampires. Seems like a very good card. You want to read the next one? Yeah. We got Midnight Arsonist. This one is three and a red for a 3-2 creature vampire. Big surprise there. Uh, when Midnight Arsonist enters the battlefield, destroy up to X target artifacts without mana abilities where X is the number of vampires you control. 
So this can wipe the board of a lot of artifacts. Yeah, it's interesting artifacts without mana abilities. So you can't get rid of mana rocks, but if people have, I don't know, Vidalcan Ori's. Uh... I think it's specifically made to be a Vidalcan Ori <laughs> <eight> card. <laughs> <laughs> it also gets rid of like Staff of Domination. No, and... just Vidalcan Ori. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also gets rid of like Sword of Feast and Famine. Nobody cares. Okay, Sword of Feast and Famine, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <Okay>. People <laughs> care about that. I care that one quite a bit in games, yeah. Yeah, so pretty cool. I think a, a, a vamp a vampiric way to get rid of a bunch of artifacts. Um, but Vandal Blast we've seen can be pretty debilitating if it hits the right deck. So this will not get rid of mana artifacts, which I think can be good because that can really make it so one player is just done in the game when you Vandal Blast sometimes. Yeah, it's a little bit more fair. Yeah. All right, the next uh, Vampire Tribal card in this deck is Olivia's Wrath. This is a cool one, uh, or at least a powerful one. Four and a black for a sorcery. Each non-vampire creature gets negative X, negative X until end of turn, where X is, you guessed it, the number of vampires you control. Holy cow. So this is a one-sided board wipe if you're in a vampire deck. Yeah. you are. Which you are in a vampire deck. <laughs> you are in a vampire deck. <laughs> it would be bad to play this if you don't have any vampires, right? It's just gonna, everybody gets negative zero, negative zero. Um... Yeah, it's kind of like, I think it's going to play a similar role, role to like Crux of Fate in a dragon deck. Yeah. You do have to have a board. So if you don't, if you draw this off the top and you don't have any vampires out, this will be bad. That's true. But it's really awesome if you have five vampires out. Yeah. It seems like a game, a card that will help you win the game as opposed to trying to help you not lose the game. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're already losing, this might not be that great. But if you just need to ice the win, this could probably. Yeah. One sided board play. wipes like Cyclonic Rift, we know are very, very powerful. And doing that for a vampire deck, if you already have a little bit of a board, it's pretty great. All right, then the next category is Vampires plus Blood. So these are the ones that are Vampire Tribal plus Blood Tokens Matter. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Yeah. Glass Cast Heart. Two and a black for an artifact with, once again, a lot of text on it. So here we go. Whenever one or more vampires you control attack, create a blood token. You can pay a black and tap, pay one life to create a 1-1 one, one white and black vampire creature token with lifelink. Or you can pay two black mana and tap it. Sacrifice, glass cast heart, and 13 blood tokens. Each opponent loses 13 life and you gain 13 life. I didn't realize that vampires cared about the number 13. I thought that was a different thing. Uh, 13's an unlucky number. <laughs> vampires can be unlucky too, I suppose. Okay. So yeah, that's that's a card. <laughs> it does a lot. It does a lot. Whenever one or more vampires you control attack, create a blood token. So you can only create one per... No, I was going to say one per turn, but I guess you could have extra combat steps. But Yeah, but, but even so, it's probably one per turn. Because it doesn't matter how many players you attack or how many vampires you attack with. It's just you're going to get one blood token per yeah. combat, right? Um, the... Pay a black, tap it, pay a life, and create a 1-1 one, one vampire with lifelink is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty decent rate. And then the, the, the last ability of like, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about trying to figure out how to weaponize these blood tokens, that's certainly a way to do it. <laughs> it seems a little bit like best case scenario that you're going to have 13 of them. And also, if you have 13 fun, of though. them, my assumption is you have gear pure ether grid or something that's really going to use those in a different way. But hey, it could be just like you get 13 of them and... Yeah, but everybody loses 13 life. How much fun would that be? Yeah. yeah. So I would, I would rather just tap them for mana or maybe even just use their ability. But no. <laughs> sometimes that might just win you the game. Yeah. It's an interesting card. Lots of abilities. It's doing so much that it feels like it's going to be pretty good. Just the first two abilities are pretty good. And the third one, if you ever get to it, it's yeah. kind of like Bolas' Citadel, how nobody really uses that second part. But every once in a while they do and they kill you with it. Yeah. you also. It is also an artifact in and of itself. So if you're in a deck that wants artifacts like those blood tokens that you're going to be making, it will count towards that. All right, the next one in the Vampires Plus Blood category is Markov Enforcer. Four red red, so six mana for a 6-6 six, six Vampire Soldier. When Markov Enforcer or another vampire enters the battlefield under your control, 
Markov Enforcer fights up to one target creature in opponent controls. Now, remember, a fight is it will deal its damage to a creature, and that creature will deal its damage back to the Markov Enforcer. It's a 6-6, though. It's going to take out many things. Uh, And then whenever a creature dealt damage by Markov Enforcer this turn dies, create a blood token. Okay, there's an interesting thing on Markov Enforcer because I was looking for the word may, Mm -hmm. but it's not there. So whenever, oh, so have to fight. whenever it or another vampire enters the battlefield, Markov Enforcer fights up to one target creature in opponent controls. You, no, it's not up ma- to what? Oh, it's right. up to. Yeah. That's, that's Up to, yeah. You can't just look Template for the word may anymore. People. Yeah, you can. <laughs> okay, so you don't have to fight. That's yes, good. That's, that's good. Correct. So if you play two vampires and you took out a 5-5 five, five with the first one, you yeah. don't have to like, yeah, you don't have to have the Markov Enforcer go away. Yeah, I thought they were going to, R&D was going to try to stay away from ETB fight mechanics, but maybe that was just for green. I don't know, because red can definitely deal damage, definitely deal with creatures. But aside from that, this card is sweet. I like this card a lot. <laughs> it's pretty powerful because it yeah. comes in. Deals it's, with a thing. Kills a thing. With yeah. Strafon, really good, right? Because you yeah. sack two blood tokens, comes in, kills something. And now anytime a vampire comes out, it's going to kill one other thing at least. And if there's like, you know, some tutus running around, mm-hmm. might take out, you know, two or more. You know, people are running around with their Thrasioses and their Oracle of Moldias. It's like, not kill that. Kill <laughs> I just that. love the flavor behind it. It's a giant vampire that's like going around bludgeoning people. <laughs> it does have, <laughs> it's holding a huge mace. A so huge like, mace. Yeah. This card seems like uh, a shoe-in for most vampire decks. Six CMC though, so maybe the Edgar Markov decks of the world still wouldn't play this thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, still seems good with those tokens coming in though, because it yeah, every time you get a token, because it's uh, you're gonna fight two things it, right? in return if yeah. you want. Yeah, okay, I like it a lot. Maybe you could give it a sort of feast of famine or something, so there's protection from half the colors. And but then... a sort of feast of famine on anything automatically makes it good. Maybe you should do that. Put a <laughs> sort of feast of famine on it. That's just good <laughs> advice. Yep, that's why we're here. Okay, uh, let's talk about the last card in the vampires and blood category here. Vampires plus blood. It's the Scion of Opulence. Two in a red for a 3-1 vampire noble. Whenever Scion of Opulence or another non-token vampire you control dies, create a treasure token. Then you can pay a red and sacrifice two artifacts, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So again, sacrifice two artifacts. Even though Scion of Opulence makes treasure tokens, you could sacrifice blood tokens yeah. to this thing to impulsive draw. Um, this is only three mana? Three mana for a three one. It's going to make you a token when it, or a treasure when it dies. So it's going to give you a rebate. going to make you treasure tokens when your other things die. And then you're going to be able to turn that into card draw. I'm putting that in quotes because impulsive draw is not the exact yeah. same, but it's still very good. Even so it still seems like pretty nuts. This seems we, like a shoe in for all yeah. vampire decks. Yeah, because in vampire decks, you want to be killing your own stuff. Yep. You want to be bringing it back. And almost every vampire strategy at all. And it also has that extra rider of being able to cash in extra blood tokens, artifacts, whatever you've got, and get extra cards that way. And it's only three mana, too. So it's a really low cost in order to do all that stuff. Blood tokens themselves are not super um, efficient in what they're doing, right? They cost yeah. a mana. You have to discard a card. And then, and then you finally you get card. your card. Yeah. I would much rather pay one red mana, sacrifice two of them, and get you know, the card draw, quote unquote, the impulsive draw off yep. of it in this case. So I think this makes your blood tokens a lot better. So yeah, seems like a cool card. Again, yeah, you really only are going to play it in vampire deck because it doesn't do as much uh, in other decks. I guess maybe those artifact volume decks would still play this. Yeah, still a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are five more cards and I, we just called this category more broad design. So it seems like in these decks we've seen, and we've seen this over the course of the last few of these from past sets, that they're putting in, you know, a bunch of cards that obviously are focused on what the deck's 
trying to do. Yeah. But then they also find room for to seed some cards that are just good in the greater world of Commander, just more cool, generic. fun, generic Commander cards that you're going to want to take out and then put in whatever deck you already have. Yeah, exactly. They can go in a lot more decks than yeah. just the, the pre-con deck. And, and these next five kind of... Uh, fall into that category you want to read the first one Murph? yeah so we've got imposing grandeur four and a red for a sorcery each player may discard their hand and draw cards equal to the greatest mana value of a commander they own on the battlefield or in the command zone that is a wacky card josh so if you have strafon as your commander here with four mana yeah then for five mana you can discard your hand and draw four cards but if somebody else at the table is playing, like, I don't know, Carador, and then somebody over there is playing with Rogrock and Thrasios, and they only get to draw two, yeah. so they probably don't do it. It's, a, it's an interesting design space, and we actually saw a card, and I forget the name of it, that it was in black that lets you kind of draw cards equal to the same wording to, you know, whatever. This this effectively reads whatever your commander's uh, mana value is. Draw right? that. Draw. So it just works better if you have a higher mana value cost commander uh like what do you think it would be like five or above is probably where you want to be playing yeah this card? i don't think you want to do it if you're cmc yeah. three or four seems iffy so i would want to get at least five and obviously six and seven becomes really good really good it becomes well it becomes uh one of the wheels what's the more expensive wheel oh reforge the soul right and that yeah. one costs five right if you yeah. don't miracle it um but it has the downside of like everybody's going to do that right everyone's going to discard and draw seven this one if you are a five six cmc sorry man of value <laughs> uh, <laughs> commander then it's liable to help you more than the other players to the point where yeah. they might not even do it. Yeah. It's also a May, which I like. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I like that they've been doing that on wheels more recently. It's not a forced wheel. Uh, everyone may opt in if they wish. Yeah. So I think that card's cool. And, and you know, without going too super in-depth here, I think this is an interesting design space that they've opened up with these two cards, the one I mentioned, yeah. which is like, for a long time, we've had, think of like the, uh, if your commander's out, this spell is free to cast or Fury Storm and those kind of things. It's like, how many times have you cast your commander from the command zone in this game? Do this, this yeah. many times. And all of those mechanics are very um, heavily advantageous to the low mana value commanders, mm -hmm. right? Um, because you're going to have low value, mana value commanders out on the battlefield more. Yeah. You're going to recast them more times. And they've they need to lean into this and actually because as the format's gotten faster we're already incentivized to run the lower mana value commanders and so if you want to say hey we want the format to expand again to make it so that it's you can play the really high cmc commanders then they mana need value. to give some they need to give <laughs> some incentives for that and this is a way to do it so i hope they do this they open this design space up more yeah because i want to play six CMC, mana value. But right Commanders. now, it's all downside. <laughs> yeah, it's all downside. They need to give us some more upside, and this is a way to start doing it. So, yeah, I hope they do this a lot more. Right. Big tangent, but I like the card. like the design space. We're all about tangents here. Oh, we're this next tangents. one's pretty cool. So, again, we're still in the more broad design category here, and this is Predator's Hour. One in a black for a sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control gain Menace, Menace, mm -hmm. and... Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library face down. You may look at that, you may look at and play that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. So all of your creatures on the battlefield when you cast this get sort of a version of like Gaunti's ability. Yeah. Um, and they get menace. So the reason I like this card, two mana. Yeah, it's two mana. Two mana. It's a one-shot thing. It 
happens, it does its thing, and then it's gone forever. But you may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and yeah. you may spend mana as though or mana for any color to cast It's like card draw. So it's not even impulsive draw, right? Yeah. Because you can play it on your next turn. The, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Anybody who's tried to kill Gonti knows that, that well, that doesn't work, actually. They still yeah. could, they could still play the card. Uh, and it has an, another... So it has the card advantage mode. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got four or five creatures... They now have Menace. You're probably getting through. You're getting four or five extra cards off this thing, which yeah. is cool. Um, but also, it, it gives a Menace. So it can actually also just be like a, hey, now I can swing in and win. So it has like a sort of hidden mode that beyond yeah. just the value. It's a little modal. Sometimes you just want the value and you have a few creatures and then you can chip those creatures in, get some extra cards, and then you're back in it. Or if you're trying to just win, play this card, they'll have Menace, and then you can just overwhelm your sideways. opponents turn them sideways yep negate all their blockers so exactly. i think for two mana this seems like a really really good card yeah i like it quite a bit all right we've got two more to go all right we got i think i said there was five cards left when we got this category and i got i gotta apologize it's, it's four. four yeah four my all bad right. <laughs> shadow grange archfiend six and a black for a creature demon interesting so far uh, when this card enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. You gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures sacrificed this way. It's an 8-4, but it also has madness. You can pay 2 and a black, pay 8 life. So you can madness it out for four mana, or sorry, for 3 mana and 8 life, so that it's not a 7 mana 8-4. Yeah, because I'd rather not be playing this as a 7 mana 8-4. I want to madness this up. It only makes your opponent sacrifice. So it's an yes. edict effect for your opponent's most powerful creature. Creature with the greatest power. And yep. then you gain some life, whatever that is. You know, I like these effects because they're a little bit better than a normal edict. Usually the stuff that's the highest power is what you want to get rid of. Not always, though. Sometimes yeah. that, that doesn't kill what you want. Yeah, I, I like the low mana cost for the madness ability where it's only two and a black. So you still can surprise people with this, even though it does still come with that very high cost of eight life. But hopefully, ideally, depending on the board state, that eight life cost is not going to be that big of a deal because you're going to be gaining some of it back. Or it was somebody was attacking you and you're going to lose that amount of life exactly. anyway. And now you can also remember madness uh, often is used at instant speed. You can yeah. use it with the blood token. So all this can, it is an eight, four come in as a yeah, blocker. That's why they made it an eight, four. <laughs> yeah. Come in as a blocker, make everybody sacrifice stuff. And then, you know, either swing for eight or, or, or also block a thing that's coming at you or whatever. So pretty yeah. cool. Very strange card. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's not a, it's not a vampire, which not is a, a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, all right. The last card, the last new card in the pre-con is sinister waltz. Mm -hmm. Cool art on this one. It's three, a black and a red for a sorcery. Choose three target creature cards in your graveyard. Return two of them at random to the battlefield and put the other on the bottom of your library. Yeah. So this one's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this works the same way that Decimate does, where you absolutely have to have those three targets in your graveyard. Yeah, I don't so, think... It doesn't say up to three. Yeah. It says three. Otherwise, you would just choose two every time. Yes. So yeah. you absolutely have to have three creatures or more in your graveyard in order to even cast this card. Baseline. Right. Not a difficult uh, hurdle, though, to no. cross for a, well, a deck with black in it. I don't think that's going to be tough. And it's interesting because... It's pretty easy to come up with scenarios where all three are bad and it doesn't really matter which one gets put on the bottom yeah. of your library. Yep. So getting two things back for five mana is it's a pretty good rate. Onto the battlefield really is, is a really good rate. Yeah, it's two and a half mana per thing. So even if you've got, you know, three, four drops in your uh, graveyard, you're going to come out way ahead, right? Yep. You pay five mana, you get eight mana worth of stuff. And if, it, if you're talking about three, five drops or there's a six and an eight drop in there, mm -hmm. like before you know it, it's pretty easy for this to be like 
just massively overpowered as far as cheating of mana cost. You pay five mana, you get 13 mana worth of stuff. I like this card because it's clearly powerful, but there is also some variance into how it's going to play from game to game. Which yeah, like it would be hard to assure a combo is going to occur yeah. here, right? Because there's probably some where it doesn't matter what three I picked, two of them are going to do a thing, but it's a little yeah. bit harder to do that because one of them gets put on the bottom of your library. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Seems fun. Yeah. Um, okay. That's all the new cards. For those wondering, I just wanted to do a little math here. Um, there were 23... Jimmy and I talked about this in the in this multicolored uh, Commander set review. Mm-hmm. There were 23 black and red blood token creators in the main set. And um, th- we added four more with this Commander Precon. So there are 27 uh, cards now that in the Magic's history that create blood tokens, which is not super high. And there are a few others that, that give payoffs for blood tokens. So there's about 30 total in, in Magic. So I just wanted to do that quick accounting here. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. We are going to take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the reprints in the deck and the reprint value. I know a lot of you are going to want to stick around for that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. We're talking about the Vampiric Bloodline, the Commander Precon deck from Crimson Vow, uh, one of the two Commander Precon decks. The other one is being revealed by MTG Mudsta, so go over and check out uh, his channel. We'll have links in the show notes so you can find it if, if you haven't been to Andrew's channel before. Okay, uh, we've talked about the new cards, Murph. Now we are going to discuss one of the biggest talking points about Precons always, Yep, which is the reprint value. Um what the big reprints are, how much they're worth, how much value you're getting when you uh, buy this Commander Precon. Uh, we're going to go through really quickly here the stats, 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 stats. The stats of the deck. We'll go more deeply in depth uh, with all this stuff when we do our budget upgrade uh, video. But just to go over it quickly, the deck stats, there are seven ramp cards, 11 card draw cards, nine targeted removal, and four wraths or board wipes. Uh, those numbers seem in line. Ramp might be a little teeny bit lower than than yeah. uh, than we like, but in general, they've been really good with precons about bringing them sort of towards uh, the what we've always recommended, which is ten ten, sort of ten five now. <laughs> yeah, I, I like seeing all that card draw too, yeah. and blood tokens will help with card filtering as well. So you'll at least be able to play magic most of the time if you pick up this deck. Yeah, I, I like. think it's going to be pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, it's a vampire deck, and there are 34 vampires in the deck, so that's no surprise to anyone. That's a lot. <laughs> there are six blood token synergy cards. There are nine sacrifice-related cards. And then there are eight discard slash madness cards. And remember, the blood tokens also are synergy are synergistic with blood tokens. Or, sorry. Blood tokens are synergistic with madness. There, there you go. All right, all right. We know everybody wants to know the financial value of the thing, so we're going to go into it here. Remember... All the prices that we are using are taken from prior to this deck being revealed. Yep. Because there's no other way for us to do that. Yeah, we couldn't do it otherwise. <laughs> yeah. We have to have a time machine. We're recording this before <laughs> it's revealed. We're the ones revealing it. So. I need a DeLorean, please. Yeah. But we always do that. So that's our baseline for all Commander decks when we're comparing, uh, yes. which we're going to do a little comparison here in a second. And the other thing to remember is that we can only talk about the reprint value, the value of the reprints in the, in the deck, because uh, the new cards... Well, nobody knows about them yet, so they don't have a price. Yeah, nobody knows what the price of it is. So We do what we can. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, the reprints only in this deck. Um, well, let's compare here. Commander 2019, the average reprint value of those decks, mm -hmm. um, if you took all, I believe there was four of them, or five of them, however many there were. 19, yeah. Yeah, there's four. Uh, if you took them all, all the reprint value together, and then averaged it out, it would be $80 per mm -hmm. deck. Commander 20. The Ikoria ones, uh, the average reprint value was $96. A little better. Commander 21 for Strixhaven was 88 That one fluctuated quite a bit, so yeah. I remember from that one, but, but overall still not was, bad. Yeah, uh, a little low, I'd say, on Strixhaven there. Uh, Forgotten Realms, again, there were four decks. The average reprint value was very high. It was $115. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Per deck. And then the Midnight Hunt Precons, which we just did, uh, the average reprint value was $103 each. Yeah. Um, and those ones are not Commander product official. All the rest were. The mm -hmm. Midnight Hunt decks were not. Um and the Undead Unleashed deck that we did was actually like over $130. It was one of the highest reprint value uh, precons we'd yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that deck seen. is insane. Yeah, as far as reprint value. Okay, so Vampiric Bloodline, how does it stack up? So on this one, the reprint value is $95.35. So 
it's not the worst, but it's also not the best, right? Yeah, I think it's um, probably a little lower than we would like. I would say above $100 and you're pretty happy, uh, but it's not... Yeah. It's not below 90, which I'd say is pretty bad. Anything that's in the 80s feels like, like it's actually kind of hard to yeah. just put together 100 commander cards. Although, let's be fair, there are 15 new cards. So, it's really 85 that's true. Uh, cards. But it's, it's actually difficult. You'd, you'd almost have to try to do it to get that 85 cards to come below, you know, $85, yeah. right? Some of those are obviously basic lands and things like that. But if you just throw a dart at a... A wall full of magic cards. I don't know. This, <laughs> this analogy is falling apart. Um, but it, the random ones you would hit would add up to more than that. So yeah, yeah. So ninety five feels like adequate, but nothing special. Nothing to like get excited about. I think we'd be like unhappy if it was below ninety, but it's not a slam dunk like above a hundred probably. Right. All right. Let's talk about the what the reprints are. Um, again, there's going to be a full deck list uh, linked in the show notes. So if you want to, you know, see everything laid out nicely on Wizards' webpage, you can do that. It'll be in the show notes. Um, we're just going to go over the major reprints here because we don't want to talk about every single reprint. Yeah, just card. the standouts. Yeah. So the cards that are five dollars or more, uh, there are four of them. They are Nirkana Revenant, which yep. is the one that makes your uh, swamps tap for extra mana. Also, it's a vampire. Um, then there's, oh, sorry, Nirkana Revenant, before the reprint was announced, it was $17.20. Pretty high. Yeah. I mean... It got, it got reprinted in, like, Battle Bond, and that pushed it below 10 for a while, but yeah, it's been creeping up for a while, because a lot of mono black decks want this. Yeah, want this effect. I mean, it's a powerful card. $17 yep. seems like a lot. New art, too. Pretty yep. sweet. Patron of the Vein is the next one. Uh, it is four black black for a four four with flying, also a vampire shaman. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls, and then whenever a creature and opponent controls dies, exile it and put it, uh, an, a plus one plus one counter on each vampire you control. So comes in, kills something, pumps all your vampires. Uh, this was $16.22. I can't believe that. I think it was because, when was this printed? C17, I believe? And was it old? ever, it's never been reprinted. I don't, I don't believe think. so. So, yeah. That's probably why the it's price is It's a pretty powerful up. card as a 187 creature that yeah, comes like, pumps your vampires. It pumps vampires, it destroys other things, like that's a repeatable effect, and it can like grow all of your stuff. Pretty good if you reanimate it. And yeah, it hates on other so. people's graveyards. Yep. Pretty good. Uh, the next one is Blood Artist. Six dollars, and it's probably the most played Aristocrats card. Oh, this card's so good. Yeah, so this is just a card, and, and Aristocrats decks are like some of the most popular in the whole format. Yep. So no surprise that Blood Artist was very high up there. Love to see it. Uh, and then Cordial Vampire, black black for a one one. When Cordial Vampire or another creature dies, you put a one one counter on each vampire you control. Yeah, I think this is another situation where it's only printed the one time. Yeah, it wasn't and, that long ago. Modern Horizons one. Yeah, I believe, but. Even so, it's a very powerful effect. It's a sack outlet. Goes in every vampire deck yeah. because it is also just two CMC, sorry, two yeah. mana value uh, vampire. This was about $6 before uh, the reprint was announced. Excuse me, not a sack outlet. It's a sack payoff. Sack payoff, yeah. So four, that was it though. There's only four cards over $5. Two pretty high ones above 15. Um, but yeah. for comparison, the Midnight Hunt Undead Unleashed precon that we revealed for Midnight Hunt uh, had 11 cards over $5. So yeah, it's not, we're not definitely quite off the, the pace here on this one. Yeah, alas. <clears throat> Let's talk about the cards that were $2 or more, and there are 10 of them in this deck. Remember, that includes the four that are above $5, so there's, yeah. there's six we're going to talk about. We won't go real in-depth here, but Knight's Whisper. Thank goodness. Goes in all black decks <laughs> pretty much uh, $4 before the reimprint was so announced. It's like a common or an uncommon, too. Yep. Sanctum Seeker, a big vampire card. Uh, that was about almost $4. Yep. Um, Bloodline Necromancer. This is kind of like a... Uh, um, 
a mnemonic wall or uh what's the other one that gets instants and sorceries back archaeomancer yeah i guess this is different it's it's more like a gravedigger or something it gets a vampire wizard back on the battlefield sorry um anyway this was uh 370 anawan the rune sage also in there was 325 this is kind of a fair braids makes everybody sacrifice a non-vampire creature on their upkeep still not fun to play against i can't see that (laughs) Uh, and then two staples in the format: Vandal Blast, which was about three bucks, and Blasphemous Act, which was two thirty-five. Very glad to see both of these here, so that they can, the price can stay low. Keep printing these cards so that everybody has access to them, please. Because just about cards. every red deck is playing Vandal Blast and Blasphemous Act. Yeah, basically everybody does. So just keep printing them. We just very happy to see. Yeah, them. we just need them to keep existing keep in keep high doing. numbers. Yeah, uh, and that was it. That was all the two dollar or more cards. For comparison, the Midnight Hunt Undead Unleashed Precon had eighteen cards that were um, two dollars or more. So. I mean, to be fair, the Undead Unleashed was the second highest reprint value yeah. pre-con we've ever seen. And, so and it's it was a little, a little bit mean to be comparing it to like the best of the best. Right. <laughs> it was the last one we revealed. Yeah, though, so it feels true. like the, it's the most recent. Um, this deck also has one reprint that's from the main Crimson Vow set. Yeah, this I found weird. It's Blood Tithe Harvester. Why'd you find that weird? Because it's just the one card. There's only one card from the main set in there. Usually they'll throw like a few cards in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't Blood, know why. Blood Tithe Harvester is a black and a red for a 3-2 vampire. When it enters the battlefield, you create a blood token, and then you can tap the harvester, sacrifice it, and target creature gets negative X, negative X until end of turn, where X is twice the number of blood tokens you control. You can only activate as a sorcery. Fine. Seems fine. Doesn't seem amazing. <laughs> this this was a thing. card, though, that we didn't um, couldn't include in the reprint value thing. Yeah. When we say 95-95 and, and, you know... I think people can get the wrong idea, which is that, like, by the way, if you pay, I don't know what the MSRP, actually, they don't talk about MSRP anymore, right? So, yeah. these are usually, like, 35, 40 bucks, I think. Yeah, I think uh, so. Online, uh, maybe 45 on the marketplace. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or So, it's easy to think, like, well, $95 worth of stuff for that is not the worst, mm-hmm. but a lot of that is in lands and little cards that are worth 75 cents here and there. But remember, this does not take into account the 15 new cards or this Blood Tithe Harvester. That's correct. So, the value of the deck's actually quite a bit higher than that $95 point because Strafon's going to be worth some money and, yeah. you know, all these new cards are going to have value. So that's also good. It's it, These things almost always end up being a good buy just because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very rarely are the commander decks like a bad buy. Yeah. Because you just get so much for, for your dollars. Uh, all right. Let's one quick recap of the deck content. So there are 15 new cards, 60 reprints, and there are 25 basic lands in this deck. The basic land count is actually a little bit higher than than we normally see in yeah. pre-cons. Because usually we're at like 37, 38-ish lands overall. Yeah. And so basics of that is usually like half-ish. Yeah. Ish. So you have 17, 18, a lot yeah. of times. But a lot of times they're three-color decks, so you need more color fixing. Yeah. Two-color decks, you know, basics are often what you want because they come in untapped. Uh, all right. So, uh, Murph, what do you think overall of the Vampiric Bloodlines deck? Uh, it seems a lot of fun. I, li- I like the direction that they're going with Strafon and the just play some big vampires, bash face, uh, have some fun with that. I like some of the designs of the new cards, uh, some of the ones that were not made, like the wheel card yep. for the mana value of your commander in the command zone. I like that one a lot. It's called Imposing Grandeur. Imposing Grandeur. I like the name of that. Too. I like that design space. If I'm yeah. talking to Gavin or Glenn, Melissa, all our friends <laughs> over there in R&D. We see this. We love it. Keep going. Please keep doing Keep that. incentivizing and giving rewards for uh, playing higher <laughs> CMC commanders. I think the format does need that and that will help 
bring us back into balance here because we are definitely skewed towards yeah. it being very much advantageous and people being incentivized to playing low CMC stuff. Yeah, so I like how the deck uh, seems to play out of the box as well as the fact that it has some other toys. Even if I don't want to play vampires, I can pick this up, pick a couple cards out, throw it in the decks I already have, and I'll still feel like I got my money's worth. Uh, all right, to the listeners, how excited are you about this deck? What new cards slot in perfectly to your existing commander decks? If you already have a vampire deck, it's probably Edgar Markov. Um, then there's probably lots of good cards in here for you. <laughs> yeah. <this> is... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, if you want to pick up this deck or anything from Crimson Vow, if you want to pre-order any certain cards, sealed product, anything at all, channelfireball.com slash command. That is the place to go to get all of your magic products, singles, anything at all. You know you're going to buy those cards anyway. You just may as well use our affiliate link when you do because not only are you getting your stuff at the best price possible, you're getting professional service because all the vendors on the marketplace for Channel Fireball are vetted. So most of them are local game stores. You're supporting LGSs. But also, you're supporting the content that you enjoy here at the Command Zone, supporting game nights, extra turns, all of that. Remember also, if you forget to put in channelfireball.com slash command, and at the beginning, you just type the code command into the little box at checkout, and that will also apply the affiliate code for you. Channel We're- Fireball, like plenty of great prices on everything, great selection of cards, like really excellent user interface, honestly. Like it's just a joy to use, honestly. Yeah. So check it out if you haven't tried it already, or check it out again if you have tried it already. Uh, and then once you get those cards, make sure you protect them with Ultra Pro products. You don't want any of your game pieces to get mixed up. Ultra Pro is the company that we trust here at the command zone to keep our own decks safe I, we, we say it all the time eclipse sleeves satin tower mythic collection deck boxes they have all, actually uh mythic collection binders have you seen those no i haven't they have the sweet um it's the same material they use on the deck boxes Ooh. on the outside of a binder it's really Ooh. classy so i really like to have the stitching and the the I nice those now. Feel. yeah they also have the like uh the sort of leather finish um full art i'm looking around here to see if we have one on set deck boxes we'll put it on screen um uh if you're watching the youtube video that has like the showcase art from the set there's like yeah, an those Olivia. i've seen i like those quite a bit yeah those and they're and they're like really classy high class materials they feel like a leather finish it's, yeah. it's really cool so ultra pro always uh pushing the envelope making cool stuff and, and that stuff really does protect your game pieces the best so uh, make sure you check them out all right do we decide if we're going to do an end step? We're not going to do an end step on this episode, I think. Yeah, let's do an end step. Oh, we're going to do an end step. We're going to do an end step. Oh, Murph we has an time. end step. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, my end step is going to be um, during the past few months, actually for the past year or so, a lot of during pandemic, I've been getting a lot more into video game collecting. Uh-huh. Video game collecting has been like a huge source of like joy for me getting able me being able to get all these games that I've always wanted, that I've seen other people say are the greatest games of all time, and I finally get to like put that cartridge into my Super Nintendo and play it. So it's yeah, you're been, big into like con- this console, stuff. console specifically, console yeah, it's collecting, like old school console gaming. Well, not necessarily old school oh, solely. Right. So I, that's what I want that step to be about. So uh, these past couple of months, I've actually been doing a lot of collecting of like Xbox 360, PS3, Xbox One, and PS4 games because those are very very cheap right now. Uh, what happens with video games is they'll get to a certain point where people are suddenly reminiscing about those games. They want those games again. They want to go pick them up, and that's when the price starts to go back up. So People ex- aren't very nostalgic right now? People aren't very nostalgic for 360 PS3 stuff, but they're going to be soon. Oh, I right, promise you that because yeah, people grow up. The, yeah, exactly. People grow up, so then they get nostalgic in there. What, because around your age, they get nostalgic for whatever they were exactly. into so, as a teenager that they couldn't afford or so get. So like my first stuff was a GameCube. And so GameCube prices are pretty dang high. And it's very sad because I love the GameCube. has lots of great games. But instead of going and collecting for the GameCube, 
go and collect for the generation after that, the PS3, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, the PS4, because you can pick up some excellent games, just grab it on a disc off of eBay for like five bucks, 10 bucks, grab the disc, put it in, boom, works great. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite game from uh, that era that um, you played recently? The one that I've really like enjoyed surprisingly was Ninja Gaiden 2. Oh, for the hard game. Yes, it's a very hard game. <laughs> it's oh a goodness. hard game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been playing, I played the first Ninja Gaiden game because I got on the Xbox. I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. And then I played the second game. And I'm like, holy crap, this is ridiculously difficult. But it's one of those games. Wall jumping, man. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's one of those games like Dark Souls where you're like, oh, but I recognize the pattern. I know I can do better. So then you go back, you try again, you try again, you try again. And it's like a rewarding feeling of being able to get into it. And you can buy the game for like $5. Oh, wow. Why wouldn't you do that? Anyway. I think I still have it in a cardboard box somewhere in, in a closet. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wait though. I'm going to wait until it's worth That's more. Smart. That's smart. Yeah. And then I'll dig it out. Wait yourself. until all the people that grew up nostalgic for 360 stuff end up getting a little bit older. So wait like five yeah. years, you'll be golden. I got to keep it around for five more years. I guess I've already kept it around for like a decade. So what's the difference? What's five more years? Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Uh, big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Arthur Meadowcroft, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Estaca, Jimmy Wong, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, Truck Ty, Jamie Block, Damon Lenz, Shauna Gillis, and Evan Limberger. And of course, Josh. also named Josh over here. Hello. Josh Murphy. You can follow him on Twitter. He, his Twitter name really is also named Josh. It was. Yeah. Oh, I, and let's not forget special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that begin uh, our show and often sit behind us here yep. in the window. Jeffrey did do this War of the Spark yep. um, window animation as well. This one. All right, Murph. Thanks for uh, taking over for Jimmy. Thanks yeah. for holding down the fort. No problem. I'm excited to be able to play with these cards and yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to play against these cards when you're playing a Murph. Actually, I'm probably going to pick up the, the, the wheel that rewards you for the CMC good, thing. Good, because all of my commanders are very high panda value. So I will take that almost oh, it's every time. it's not good time. against you. <laughs> every time I play against Smurf, I'm going to be like, what deck you play? No, never mind. I'm <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. All right. See ya. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.